Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now here's your host for this week, Roseanne Moore. Hello, Larger Story audience. I'm Roseanne Moore, your host today for the Relational Spirituality Podcast. And I have with me my dear friend, Lillian Jardin. Lillian and I met in 2012 at Larry Crabb's New Way Ministries Next Step, that we really got to know each other. I think we had we crossed paths before that at a an SSD, but it was it was at Next Step that we really became friends. Lillian is part of my spiritual support group. <laughs> now she she I have a group of friends that I do life with, and and even though we live in different parts of the world. We meet once a month and we explore what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and encourage one another. And Lillian is a huge part of that. And I'm thrilled to have you today, Lillian. Thank you. This is, I know, not your comfort zone, but tell us a little bit about before Next Step, you had done various things with Larry and with spiritual direction. Tell a little bit about what your journey with that has been. My journey with Larry or my journey in life? Either one. <laughs> what, what took you, what took you to, cause you're, you're a longtime believer. What took you to looking for more for towards spiritual direction for wanting more in your relationship with the Lord? At that time in my life, when I decided to move towards Larry's program, with the School of Spiritual Direction. At that time, I had experienced the death of my father with brain cancer. I had experienced the death of my brother with intestinal cancer. And I had cared for my mother as a widow for many years and had experienced her death. And various disappointments in life. So when life became a little bit still for me with these difficult circumstances having been more in the past. I, the Lord just brought Larry to mind. I wonder what Larry's doing these days. And so I got on the computer and I saw what he was doing and I applied for my first school of spiritual direction. And he actually called me in my home to let me know I was accepted in the program. I was like a little kid jumping all over the living room. I'm gonna go there. <laughs> and so I was telling you Because you that. knew him from you knew him from a master's program that you had done, correct? You yeah. he had been Yes. I attended Grace Seminary and graduated in nineteen eighty six with the master's mm-hmm. in counseling. Yeah. So I knew him. And yeah, and I guess what happened was I was reintroduced to him. And he was in a, a different place, and he brought me along. So I'm very appreciative. And it was a different season for you, it sounds yes, it like. Was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
what it's interesting to me that you say that because of course my you you know my story well and how hectic recent years have been i met you at the beginning of what i thought was the worst year of my life and it turned out to be the beginning of a firestorm that would last for another 7 years and you've walked with me through that i'm so grateful for that I'm curious as to having been through your own version of that and having things get calm, what made you not just go, oh, good, peace, but made you ask the question, is there more? Wow. Um, I was very exhausted by then. I'm a single person, so every responsibility was squarely mine. It's always been a very lonely journey for me. And so hunger, hunger and thirst. I was dry. I was, I, you know, if God was there, I wanted to touch him and have him touch me. I also was doing a group with women in my home. And I've always had a heart to want to give of whatever the Lord would give me. And that was also a motivation. You know, I wanted to give them more than just my tears. But yeah, that that was pretty much it. I was hungry and I was tired (laughs) and I wanted more of God. And so Larry was very gracious to even at the beginning encourage me by, I mean, a, a personal phone call. But that was Larry. His relationship to God always touched the lives of those God gave him in one way or another. And I, and I know that I stayed around because of a sense that he cared about me, which, of course, is that transfer of if you love God, if you're in relationship to God, then that ought to be reflected in your relationships. And for mm-hmm. me... You know, Larry modeled that for me, and mm-hmm. it began to place in me the same kind of heart. You know, I want I want others to know I love them. I won't goof up, but I'll come back with a heart to start again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you had been through seminary. You had been through biblical counseling training, you had done all of these things. But I know in in the conversations that we've had, and I'm kind of going here because our our deep dive book in this first quarter of the year has been Larry's book, The Pressures Off. You had your own pressures off kind of awakening over time, didn't you? Of going from things that looked good, activities that looked good, and that were good intentioned and it probably helped some people. But a a deeper awakening, is that the word you would use maybe to your to your heart for God and his heart for you? Would you talk about that? I didn't know this was gonna be so hard. <laughs> it takes me to tender places, you know, to rehearse mm. this. But yeah. I had a lot of misplaced hope in relationships in desire to uh, make disciples. I had at one time been involved in an organization whose motto was to know Christ and to make him known. 
the I, the thing with me was there's nothing that I learned that was off theologically. But it was how I used what I knew as a means of life. And I guess to my exhaustion, I've come to see there's no life except in Christ and in just being with him. And so, yes, there was a, a relationship that my counselor told me ended in my having experienced trauma with a capital T. And it's through counseling and through my willingness somehow to be open with God about what I was experiencing, I realized my sin against this person in that what I began to do was want to make this person into my image. You'll be done when you look like me. And of course, I didn't know that when all this was happening. But, you know, why don't you go to school spiritual direction? And after that, there's next seven. What else would you like to do? You know, follow what I do. Get involved in all this stuff. And somehow you'll be transformed. And in his graciousness, the Lord revealed in all ways that he can reveal to make it clear. And so that began a process for me of what I'm now calling indifference. Mm -hmm. I love this person. And would I want the world for this person? Yes. But God began to tell me, oh, there's some things you need to let go of. Mm -hmm. So there's been relationships I've, I've let go of. The group of ladies I had in my home for 10 years, I let go. I worked as a pastoral care person in the hospital. Before that, I belonged to a huge church of thousands, and I'm now in a little church of just about 100. And in the meanwhile, while I'm releasing, the Lord is inviting me into a new way of being with him, on that by deeds of righteousness, which is my key verse, my life verse. It's Titus 3, 4, 5. He saved us, not by deeds of righteousness, which we have done, but in, in virtue of his mercy. So he kept reminding me, you know, you're, you're my daughter, and it's not because of what you've accomplished. You've got a nice resume, but I'm not really interested in the fact that you're You've got this resume, but I want you with me. I want you to show me my love. So, yeah, he had been in a, a place of of releasing, of indifference, but he does didn't leave me there. He began to introduce me to some folks who whose one theme seemed to be God loves you. God loves you, and. Uh, it's been so restful to begin to come to God, just to feel his love. Just, and, and even if I don't feel it, just to acknowledge that's what he's saying. And then to call out to him and say, I want to believe every word that Jesus said. Make me a true believer, you know, that receiving his words 
would be life-giving to me and life-giving to others without my trying, you know, so hard. And so that's what he's in the process of doing right now. You know, child is born, and I had all, I, I was born, I had been reborn, but a child can't stay a child, right? I mean, we know these things, but oh, to begin to enter into them, it's quite different. So right now, as you see Lillian, she's in the process of developing, and here she is going to be 81 next year. You know, it doesn't stop with God and his graciousness. He continues, right, Roseanne? And so now I'm thinking more about the latter part of that verse. He saved us not by deeds of righteousness, which we have done, but in virtue of his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal in the spirit. So it's never going to end what he's doing with us. Until that third day, I have a dear friend, Freddie Feliciano. I'm going to mention his name and his dear, dear wife. She calls me her hermanita, and so do I. But invited me into different groups that he has had. And most recently, in one of those groups, he emphasized the day of redemption being day one, the days of sanctification being day two, but a glorious day. The day of our glorification is day three. And so uh, we travel in day two, looking with hope for day three and seeking never to diminish God's word by saying, oh, you mean I have to die to, you know, finally, you know, not that. But we get to journey to begin to get a taste of his grace here. So possibly, I don't know this part, but I think to maybe get a richer taste when we see him face to face. So learning to walk day two, listening to how he wants to change me and getting ready for that glorious day, <laughs> day three. I've, I know I've, I've mentioned this to you, but I've been doing a book called Ignatian's Adventure. And that was perfect timing for where I am in my journey with the Lord. But a phrase that has come out of that for me is the phrase day by day. And Roseanne, all my life and everything I did, university, two seminaries, a doctorate's program through Cornerstone, Ruth Haley Barton's certificate in spiritual direction, Larry, the certificate over the internet, plus the master's, plus three schools of spiritual direction, three schools of spiritual direction, and three next steps. And there was not rest for Lillian. And now... Through doing this, primarily at the right time, the Lord introduced me to this. It, it's, it's really a journey of prayer through the life of Christ, beginning with his birth, 
through his death, burial, resurrection, and then the last couple of weeks on walking in the life of God, in the spirit. And the phrase that has, has, has come to the surface for me through that, this journey, this adventure, is day by day. And I think that in all my learning and studying and commitments, I go, okay, maybe this one will do it. You know, this one will make me a truer, richer, more authentic human being. You know, but the phrase that I love has come through again and again. It's day by day. Maybe that's okay. Just rest in my love. I love you, honey, just the way you are. Yeah. And tomorrow I'll love you like you are there. And uh, but. I want you to know I love you. And this is a journey you and I are going to take day by day. And a prayer that has come out, and some folks probably know this because I know I'm, you know, there are very many rich people out there that are taking the time to maybe listen to this or flip it off after a while. But a prayer that has also been important to me is that I might know you more intimately that I might love you more intensely, that I might follow you more closely. How? By a program? <laughs> no. Day by day is enough. <laughs> so day by day. And Roseanne, you... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just... I was thinking about John 17 and... Well, John 15 where Jesus talks about that he's the vine and we're the branches and that without him, we can do nothing. And there, like you said, it, it wasn't that you were on a false path as much as you, you were surrounded by all this truth, but it, you weren't finding your life in him in the middle of it. You weren't getting your life from him and resting in him and, and now you are. And one of the things that I love about you and appreciate about our friendship is that you do have that. You, you are always, always looking for him, always looking to learn. You're not like assuming that you've, you've got all the pieces and you've put them together. And now you're going to share your great wisdom with all of us. Although you do, you share great wisdom with us, but it, it flows out of that gentle friendship that has developed with him. And, and I, I just appreciate that so much, Lillian. Oh, please, please. I, yeah, very much in the journey. I am born. I have been born again. But I'm moving very slowly through various stages. And yeah, it's excruciatingly slow. And I'm misformed in many ways. But he loves me. And he's wanting me to know that and to rest in his love. That's the only place there's rest. And then we just take him to him our concerns without demand because, one, we have no control. Number two, I want to be sure I have his best, not what I think is my best. But I think this process of wanting to know his love is quieting, is, slows me down, 
And it makes me more inquisitive about who he really is and how he wants to relate to me. One of the questions, actually what's come out of this journey for me is two, two journals. You know, I like I've journaled over 200 pages and they're not, they're prayers. It's, it's turned out to be a prayer journal where I'm talking to God about what I read that day on any particular day. And what I'd like to do next is take these journals and have a quiet time with God over them. I mean, I'm like so young in this, but <laughs> even though I'm 81. Okay, here we go. I want to tell you all the truth. I'm in the place of just coming to Jesus. That's all. It's just coming. We can talk about God. We can talk about everything Larry taught us. We know all the terms, but they're not going to get us to life. It's only if we stop and spend time with him in our confusion, in our whatever. It doesn't matter. But we got to come. In John 1.39, I wrote, the one part of the verse for that day, and it was, come and you will see. All right, Lillian, you're always wanting to know something else. Well, guess what? You got to follow Jesus. He says, come and you will see. I go like, okay, God, I'm coming. <laughs> I don't know what it is you want to show me, but you said if I come, I will see. And I want you to open my eyes, I want you to open my ears, and help me to follow you because I can't follow you without you. Allowing me, moving me, drawing me. So I started reading this John. Oh, John, quite a character, isn't he? Somebody who really <laughs> loved God. So this is from one of my journals. You know what I wish now, and I know this is probably old way thinking. I had a thought, you know, wouldn't it be sweet for a group of ladies to do this together and share our journals, share what God whispered, you know, through the verses. But in this, in the context of God through Christ giving this invitation to come and see, was the question asked him, where are you staying? And that's when he said, come and you will see. You want to know where I stay? No, get closer to me. Later in John, you know what Jesus said? He tells us where he stays. It's incredible. He says, I stay with my own. He stays with you, Roseanne. He stays with you when you don't think he's around. I will stay with you because you're my own. And they with me. And you know you stay with them. Mm -hmm. Even when you're upset. Mm -hmm. Speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and I stay with my father. And guess what? He stays with me. And later he tells us, I am in you and you are in me. In my father's house are many mansions. It's going to keep on going. It is just beautiful to me. It's so simple. I don't, I, I mean, I, 
I don't quite get it, why we fight him so much when all he wants to offer us is his life and his beauty and his friendship. Yeah. I stay with my own and they with me. And I stay with my father and he with me. And, and that's what he's wanting me to apply in my life. You know, just, okay, I'm here again. <laughs> you know, is there something you want to tell me? And, and, and I want it to be centered in his word because that's what he says he gives us, right? Just keep us on. Right. I love that. I love that. Because, yes, I, that I think is what holds me, that anchors me. That's what I continually return to with the things that I don't understand with the, when things are hard, what I hold on to is that he's here. As long, when I know that he's still here, I can keep going that I'm with him and he's with me, as you said, yeah. and, and the invitation to, to continue right. and to wait for the yeah. things that are unresolved, you know, yeah. um, to make sense, to trust yeah. in the middle of that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately God develops us by our willingness to learn to wait. Mm-hmm. That following him is a series of events we would prefer to be different, in which he's asking us to wait, and through which our faith and our pressing into him deepens. And the loneliness that you talk about, then yeah. that that becomes the pathway of, well, we're not alone. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I know you've said that before. In the end, when you when you leave groups and you come home, you he is there. Yeah. You're alone with him. Right. So you're not alone. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's so wonderful because as our faith is touched by his spirit, anything is okay. I don't have to present myself a certain way to the Lord. I just mm-hmm. come. Right. And that's sufficient. Isn't that sweet? And that's the resting. There is no pressure in a relationship to a God who says, come and you will see. I didn't say come, but get yourself some degrees and then you'll see. He didn't say that. He just said, come. And then what does he say? Ultimately, he's saying, this is what my relationship to my father is like. And you're my daughter. And this is how I want your relationship to me to be. When Jesus says, come follow me, it came to me that he's saying that in the context of showing his disciples what it means to follow him. He'll do something. And then there's this invitation that you know what he just did is what he's calling you to. It's some Mm -hmm. relational good he's wanting to do. And he says, follow me. Do it like I did it. But it was always in context of his relationship to his father. So it has to be with us. You know, we do nothing. Like you said earlier, we can't do anything without him. We can strive, but we can't achieve. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just beginning to learn to put this striving aside and be quiet with God 
and let him fill some journals with thoughts I had not previously given myself time to think. <laughs> mm. Always rooted in his word, though. Sure, of course. Well, Lillian, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me today and for offering the just a window into your your place of of being with him at this stage in your life and the hope that that gives. I, I mean, that I know, I know you said, you know, it's his grace and I get that. I, I believe you, but to me, it's encouraging that you've had this journey and you're still learning and you're still growing and he's still showing up and the grace is still there. And, you know, because when I get discouraged about, you know, feeling like I should be further on or, I, you know, I wish it were this or I wish it were that. It's encouraging to hear you talk about his faithfulness to you and what you're still the deepening of your awareness of his love for you and the rest that that's continuing to, to grow in your life. That's hopeful to me. That's an incredibly hopeful to me. So thank you for sharing that today. It certainly was a privilege and an honor. And I thank you for giving me this opportunity to applaud our father who loves us, gave himself for us, and then said, I'm not going to leave you in motion. I'm going to give you my spirit. So when you feel lonely, remember what I said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I've given you my spirit, my life. And I want that life to be my life more and more. Okay? <laughs> love you. <laughs> I love you too, Lillian. Thank you so much. And for all our listeners today, thank you for joining us. Next week, you'll you'll have Kep back again on the Relational Podcast. Sorry, Relational Spirituality Podcast. I'm still kind of caught up in that place with Lillian. So I'm trying to switch gears here. But thank you for joining us today. And if you want to be part of more of these conversations, we do have a reading and relating book club for April through June. We are going to be looking at real church. And this is one of the things that we're exploring, what uh, Lillian was talking about. What does it mean to be a people who are resting in the life of God together in community instead of a people who are simply doing activities together, trying to be better people? What does it mean to root our lives individually and as a community in the spirit of God, in the life of God? So you may want to check out our website and sign up for that to join the conversation. Thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll be back next week. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com. Thank you.